Welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 99, and today we will be talking about the third week of the Steven Nuke. I'm Sophia. And I'm GC13. I say this every week, but we had some good ones this week, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we did. That summer of Steven just hit us like plot, 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 like not one episode could be accused of being filler. I mean, I loved the I loved the slower pace of the first two weeks, but I think Bismuth was worth the hype. Oh my god, I I'm kind of mad that okay, this is like I want to just get like my big opinion of Bismuth out of the way. Why did they have to bubble her up forever? I don't know. I think that level of betrayal you never quite recover from, you know. Well, yeah, but like she did the same thing twice. Oh, you're talking about the second bubbling. I don't think she's bubbled up forever. I think she's going to join the cast eventually. Yeah, eventually, but I don't know. I mean, uh, this might be too much of a spoiler for some people. So, you know, just clap your hands over your ears and say la 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 for the next 10 seconds or so. But I'm pretty sure they said that she'd be joining the cast in the fall. I don't have any memory of that being said. Those just... Mm. I mean... Let me look at the, let's see here. Yeah, the Geeky Aries summary of the Steven Universe press panel from the San Diego Comic Con mentions it. And I guess that's all we'll say about that for now. Yeah, and I mean, like, I I love Bismuth's character design. How she's just like this big beefcake, even beefier than Jasper. Oh yeah, I'm surprised to find, I mean, I guess as a builder she would need to be pretty darn strong, but... I mean, obviously her talents are wasted in construction. Oh, but anyway, we'll get to, we'll get, I think we'll get to plenty of talking about how rad Bismuth is later, but, so we both thought this was a pretty good week. You want to go straight into the episodes? All right, uh, the first episode, what was the first episode? Gem Hunt. Oh my god. That one was great in a kind of cute way. Like, I was watching this and I'm like, oh, it's just gonna be like Steven and Connie, like, you know, Hunting a gym in the forest is going to be completely unrelated to the main plot at all. And no, no, they tied that in. Oh, yeah, they did. You know what? Apparently, Steven has the good gloves that have the coating that make it so you can use a touchscreen with them. Yeah, I noticed that, too. Um, I, I've i seen gloves that have the the, the well, cloth. That technically, like... mittens. I don't know why they would ha- make mittens for that. Yeah, apparently I've Steven... never seen mittens that do Apparently, that. Mr. Greg sprung for the good stuff. <laughs> I don't know, knowing Connie's parents, they might have said, oh, don't worry, we have mittens, uh, you know, so you can take take pictures. Oh my god, and the pictures were just like a, such a cute little thing that was added into this episode, like Steven's little photo shoot in the beginning, and then him taking pictures at the end, and how the picture was used as like this scary... Yeah, like, even even when he's in danger, he's like still, he still pulled it up to get a picture of the monster up close. I, and I just love how everyone reacts to Jasper with just like a lot of uncertainty and a lot of fear. Like Steven's just, like Connie's like, ooh, who's that? And Steven's like, Bubble! And then, <laughs> and then how Pearl was like, Jasper! Like there's just... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Pearl was really funny. I'm just going to keep talking until somebody answers. <laughs> Pearl was amazing. This episode, absolutely perfect. Oh, oh, shit. We'll talk about it later, but she was amazing in Stephen versus Amethyst. She, Pearl, mm, I love Pearl a lot. Yeah, she, Pearl's the best. She is, she is my favorite gem. She don't have to trick me or anything. No, I think Amethyst is my favorite gem. Hmm. Amethyst is going through some rough times uh, 
We'll talk about that more. But I did like Connie's book, although I must say I always mentally append a colon to the title. So it's How to Survive the Punishment of Nature. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, you don't need the colon. You can just have the the smaller subtitle underneath. I mentally append the colon so you read it in that, so you read it with that emphasis. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a book like that. Like, I have this whole big old wilderness survival guide that I've read front to back. So, yeah, I I get Connie a lot in being just a massive mega nerd. Did you buy it so you could survive the resource wars? No, I bought it because I saw it in the Natural History Museum in Chicago, and I was like, Mom! Ah, okay. I loved Connie's little speech about... Oh, that was wonderful. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like how the apocalypse paranoia is alive and well in Stephen's universe and culture as it is here in ours. Yeah, you got these magical warriors, locusts almost, from outer space fighting over your planet. And what are you guys worried about? Using, you know, non-renewable resources too quickly. Okay. Well, I mean... I'm just saying that if Ken were here, he'd probably be mentioning, why aren't you guys more worried about the more immediate threat? Oh, well, it's the it's the little things. It's the internal failure of having good structure that led to the fall of Rome. And it could be the same thing to the fall of modern civilization. Hmm. Anyway, enemies on all sides, even within. <laughs> even on the anime boards. Arguing between sub and dub. I liked I liked Connie's reaction to the pine needle tea after she lectures Steve that it's for survival, and then she's like, "Ew." <laughs> well, it's not supposed to taste good. I also like the let's let's take shelter from this blizzard. You know, this gentle dropping of snow <laughs> that's been falling for like thirty seconds. Uh, Connie is so adorable. But yeah. I think Stephen, like, he went really on a tangent about how he had assumed that the gems would, that the gems, the human footprints meant they were switching back and forth, like they were half corrupted. Like, is that foreshadowing? Or mm. is that, like, trying to provide a wrong explanation on how Stephen might in the future heal the gems by going into their minds, like people have been predicting? I don't know, because that is something people have been predicting for a while, and it's true that it, but it could also just be Stephen with his newfound perspective on what what the corrupted monsters are going through. I mean, he's very hopeful. He's trying to talk to the monster. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't get him anywhere because it's too scared of Jasper, but it doesn't look like it's really ready to mess with him until Connie draws that sword. Yeah, and I mean, I think Connie's sort of... Like, how she described the Corrupted Gems did give us a little bit more information about their nature. Like, I think my little personal theory is that the gems, like, when they became corrupted, adopted some of the- some similarities to Earth life. So, some Corrupted Gems, like, kind of devolved into, like, some snow tiger or whatever, like we saw the two- Well, no, we've seen that gems of the same type all appear to look the same, like the centipedals and then- those two monsters with the their gems look like they have the same cut. I'm pretty sure they're both jaspers of some kind. Yeah, like they adopted Earth life into their wild form. But it wasn't it wasn't random or unique for each individual gem. Yeah, it's your it's some kind of transform table that their gem is put onto. Yeah, and that kind of explains why they would eat 
like centipedal naturally ate like centipedal saw the chaps and was like ooh food like an animal would and then even in her half corrupted form still like wanted to eat yeah well i mean amethyst is fully sentient and she still enjoys eating i'm not sure if we can yeah but it wasn't like mm-hmm. It, like, in eating for the fun of it, it was, like, food as a motivator, like, in the same way yeah. that it would be for an animal. Well, I don't know. The, I'm thinking you, I think you would be better off talking about the monster from Bubble Buddies, because it was just foraging, you know, as if it had to to survive. Mm-hmm. So I think that is the monster that you should bring up for that. But Jesper's one tough customer in this episode. I mean, obviously, she doesn't want to mess with Pearl when she's, you know, got her sights on bigger projects, especially because she has to get those gems, you know, away from the crystal gems. Yeah, and I think, like, Jasper is easily, one-on-one, could beat any of the crystal gems, and for a lot of them she has. I mean, Garnet, she did have the um, advantage of the destabilizer, but even without it, like... Yeah, even without it, Garnet was having the fight of her life, and Jasper was beating her right up until the point where Garnet basically got a lucky environmental object to knock her into, and even that only slowed Jasper down. Yeah, it was, like, Jasper is this massive, just, powerhouse of fighting, like, prowess, and even Garnet- My mind is going to Cartman yelling, Beefcake! Beefcake! (laughs) And I'd like to see what Bismuth squaring up against Jasper would look like, because that would be something to witness. Bismuth might be able to take her, because Bismuth is still in top fighting form. Both Garnet and Pearl have let themselves go after thousands of years of peace, but Bismuth and Jasper are still- basically the war never ended for either of them. Yeah, and I think, like, yeah, Amethyst can be completely wrecked by Jasper. I'm pretty sure Pearl- is going to be completely wrecked by Jasper if it ever comes to that. And Steven, of course, would barely hold his own. But I think it would not take very much to overwhelm Jasper if they just had two or more crystal gems. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about fighting Jasper. I think that's a good segue into Crack the Whip. Oh, we were all expecting Amethyst Angst and Amethyst Angst we received. Yeah, I was... I mean, after they released the preview for Steven versus Amethyst, which is the the part in the room that opens up with Amethyst making the egg salad, and they explained that basically there had been a fight with Jasper, and I, I was so hyped to see Crack the Whip. I gotta be honest, I'm kind of disappointed at how poorly Amethyst did. I wanted her to do better. Well, I mean, like, Amethyst is probably the worst fighter in the Crystal Gems, even worse than Pearl. Because Pearl, and I think it was... What was the episode? On the Run. Pearl just absolutely easily annihilated Amethyst. Oh, and yes. Pearl knew that was going to happen. Like, that was a power hierarchy that has been long established. Pearl knew. I mean, she was dodging Amethyst's whips with her eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah, and so Amethyst definitely, her strong point is not fighting. And I think, like, Amethyst's strong point, like, in her character and, like, how the creators have designed it, her strength has never been her fighting. Like, she was, like, born onto this earth to fight, and that's not really what she does best. What she does best is, like, make life fun. She takes, like, all that seriousness and pressure and stress and, like, actually has fun. Like, Steven and Connie are kids, and... I think they really needed, like, a fun time with Amethyst, and all she focuses on is the fighting, and I think, like, that's kind of 
a dimension to that that really fascinated me. Yeah, I think Amethyst really gave them a great training rig. I mean, I think I think robbing the big donut as Lars was a bit much, but <laughs> I mean, in the heat of battle, you won't have a swimsuit. She's completely right. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, I think Amethyst doesn't understand the concept of money. Or if not, she just thinks stealing is funny, and that it's not really a big deal because people always come back and pay for it. Like, it was, what's this gem glow? Yep. The very <laughs> we first stole episode. them. And then it was just like, I went back and paid for them, and here we go, it happens again. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Amethyst was like, and I think something that really struck me is she's not just like, she's having fun for them. Like, she's not just like, oh, let's go have fun because training is boring and I'm lazy. Like, let's go have fun because I really want you guys to enjoy the day. And I kind of, like, saw that when um she shook the can and gave it to Steven and it yeah. sprayed Steven's face and he started to look a little bit, like, glum and serious so she sprayed herself. Like, I feel yeah. like that's a kind of level of, like, emotional maturity that you don't see a lot in Amethyst, but that you can definitely tell that she has. Yep. So, so how do you that. think she was moving on that surfboard, though? That was, yeah, I don't know how she was, hmm. That's gem magic for sure. I don't know. I don't know how she was moving on that surfboard. Oh, but yeah, the, the the real highlight of this episode was, of course, Stevani going toe-to-toe with Oscar. Oh, we've waited. I drew art about this. I drew it way back. I wanted to see Stevani in battle so much, and we finally got it, and it was so cool. I mean, she even rode Lion just yeah. like we all wanted. And it wasn't even like, none of us were predicting it. No one could have guessed this would happen. And the, not not only the fact that we had Stevani fusing, Stevani using Rose Quartz's sword, Stevani using Steven's shield, Stevani riding Lion, like all these things came together. You know what this episode made me really want? I want an episode where Opal, Garnet, and Stevani fight some homeworld gems. Oh, oh my god, that would complete my life. The fusion trio. I want it so bad. They should each have their own mounts, too. Like how Jasper had her mount. Nah, we, we, we need to go classic. We need to go dismounted. True, true. But, um, yeah, and Lion, how he was kind of like in the background to this episode, basically waiting for the part where... They would have to fight Jasper, but he, like, was kind of melded in in a very cute way, how he was on the Ferris wheel, how he, like... <laughs> Him on the Ferris wheel was so adorable. Yes, how he was just... Like, I love how Lion never really has expressions. Like, he is an animal. Like, that's how they want to project him. They don't project him like a Disney animal that has, like, eyebrows and projects emotion just like a person would. Like, mm-hmm. Lion's an animal. Like, he is a, a lion that just doesn't, you know, attack and eat people because he's a lion. But, um how he kind of chased the birds with them and like kind of tagged along but doesn't always tag along. I like I like how they developed lions. He was wearing the glow he was wearing the glow bracelets though. He was wearing the glow bracelets. That was very cute. I want to <laughs> see his like hair braided with the his mane braided with the Oh boy, glow that's bracelets. a bit much. I I can draw it. Guess what? I have the power. I can make it happen. Lion's a very macho man. Don't you dare do this to him. He's pink. It, pink used to be a boy's color. He is reappropriating that. Okay, right, that, that's right, right. that's well, our color. The Vikings braided their hair, so okay. Well, you draw him with a beard, then. <laughs> He's a lion. He has a mane. That's like the manliest of hair. Well, I cannot disagree with that. But still, it would be nice lion with a beard. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, but like the whole emotional bit for Amethyst about how she needed to feel needed. 
Yeah, and she was like, oh, you didn't need me at all. Yeah, that was... That had to have been really rough for Amethyst. She she probably did as best she could to put together a combat-ready form without messing it up. And then she comes back, you know, just as quick as she can, and she's quick at it, yeah. only to find out that the fight's already over and they didn't need her. Yeah, and how she, like, you know, reformed right back with how it just, like, straight into battle. Like, Steve and Connie, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. Like, that really, I don't know, like, that... That gave me the feels a little bit. Yeah, which I guess brings us brings us into Stephen versus Amethyst. When mm. I mean, I just thought, wait, where's Amethyst? And then they look up, and it's like, oh, yeah. And I'm I'm kind of disappointed at the lack of Garnet and Pearl's like emotional empathy towards Amethyst. Like she reformed, she went head to head with Jasper, and no one asked how she was. And I was just like, wait. I think there was a realization that oh, Amethyst got poofed. They. I think they kind of knew. I don't think they realized the enormity of what it meant to Amethyst, but there was a reaction to it. But it wasn't that just that she got poofed. It was that she was just, like, eviscerated emotionally by Jasper before getting poofed. Basically told, you're weak, you're wrong. Like, you're not even worth anything. And well, Amethyst always keeps that stuff inside. She she only ever lets that out to Steven uh, much later when he very transparently tries to make her feel better. I mean, that was... Come on, Steven. And I mean, like, yeah, I think Amethyst has become better at sharing her emotions, like, a little bit. Like, I like before she would just sort of brood and then hide it with, like, jokes, but now she's being a little bit more open about it. And I do like how they're taking the not-sardonix approach, where they take their time in resolving that kind of emotional conflict. Like, how the sardonix conflict was, you know, wrapped up, all at once, and then you would never have even yeah. guessed that it happened. I'll tell you, though, with Stephen versus Amethyst, this is not what I expected that match to look like. Yeah, um, Stephen has gotten pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, despite the fact that they were both trying to lose, we got some really impressive moments. We got a new power, spikes for the, spikes for the bubbles, I mean, and... I mean, we knew Steven was durable, but we never knew he was this durable. I mean, Amethyst crashes him into the stone so hard she causes a crater, and he still just gets right out. Yeah, I think, like, Steven's physical form, like, his body is made of human flesh, but it's, like, might be reinforced by the gem. Like, the gem projects a little bit of, like, the strength and durability of a gem's body into his human meat body. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe we could say he bubbled himself at the last minute, but we see in Bismuth that he gets hit by a large, fast-moving object, and he does not bubble himself. Oh yeah, there is absolutely no- like, I don't think he bubbled himself, but there's absolutely no so way- So I think that was all physical toughness in both episodes. Yeah, and like, there's no way that Steven, if he had a normal run-of-the-mill human body, could have survived that. Like, he would have uh -uh. broken a lot of stuff, and I think, like- he does have a lot of, like, not only does he have a lot of the gem strength, and he's starting to show some gem speed, but he's also starting to have the durability, just, like, the mm -hmm. toughness of being able to be slam-dunked into, <laughs> into the ground and be able to still fight after that. But I really think we're missing the real star of this episode, Pearl. And the Pearl Prize pouch! Oh my god, yes, Pearl with a fanny pack. It was something I didn't even know that I wanted until I had it, and I I love it. I love that Pearl is just, like, one of those super enthusiastic, like, 
kindergarten teachers who tries to motivate all their kids to like what, be good. what was it uh, punctuality um something else perseverance and ah. pos- positivity i think it was i think it was those three i don't know but um that's amazing there's some pretty p- good stuff in there steven's a good noodle <laughs> uh and the hollow pearl version 2.0000001 wait so hollow point five zeros no but hollow pearl po- so what point what two point five zeros one so that means that there has been a hollow pearl 1.0 a hollow pearl beta yeah i think that the hollow pearl we saw in steven the sword fighter was hollow pearl version 2.0 and this was the non-lethal upgrade that's what i think i mean you could just set it to non-lethal options upon creating well she probably never bothered (laughs) until you know oops (laughs) whoopsie daisy (laughs) (laughs) oh that scene is still powerful Mm -hmm. and i get the segue that is now that would have been the first time of now two times that a gem has been run through with a sword on screen very powerful both times yeah and i mean like the first time with pearl you saw the shadow and then you saw pearl with the sword through her and now with bismuth you saw the bubble popping but talking about bismuth getting stabbed i mean i have never seen orange is the new black but oh it's so good i mean the animation on her face and her voice delivery then you really are better than her that was that gets me yeah, and I think, like, for people who have watched Orange is the New Black, like, the character that the voice actress plays, the character that she is in Orange is the New Black is completely different. Like, you could not have two more different character types. And so, like, that's mad respect towards the actress for really having that flexibility. Yeah, because Bithmus is the perfect boisterous bruiser. You would never think that her voice actress had been born to play anything else. Yeah, and I mean, like, I I saw someone, like, really write this whole thought out, like, mini essay on Reddit about their experience as uh, a veteran and how Bismuth was, like, the perfect representation of what veterans are like like they're very you know boisterous and loud and they love you know palling around with their friends but they can also be really damaged and have a lot of emotional issues that like war kind of does change them we, we need to get her a born to shatter pin for her helmet <laughs> oh my god but um yeah and then we can get to the point of like this whole debate of was shattering homeworld gems justified and i think like no but with an asterisk and like the the thing about like you know in human war like you have to kill another person to subdue them because keeping them contained is really expensive keeping prisoners of war is really hard to do like you gotta you gotta house them you gotta like not subject them to horrible crimes against humanity like you got to do all this stuff to keep like a human alive and well with with the the gem gem, you just bubble them you just poof them you bubble them you put them in a dungeon and you can completely forget about it into the gem no time has passed at all Mm -hmm. so like that is probably the biggest reason why there's like bismuth why do you need to shatter them like you poof i don't think bismuth was thinking very clearly i mean i think for her the rebellion it was I mean, for her, it was never about Earth. It's always about liberation of Gemkind from the authority of the diamonds. Yeah, and I think, like, Rose had a very 
full idea of what the rebellion stood for. Like she understood that there were a lot of facets, <laughs> um, <laughs> facets to why the rebellion was being fought. It was being fought primarily to protect Earth, which was full of like this diverse and wonderful and sentient life. And she just wants the gems to share in that, not to yeah. go causing picking fights with people who are much stronger. I find it interesting that she refers to Amethyst as deep cut, which to me sounds like a reference to her overcooked nature. Doesn't it sound like that to you? Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't. Um, We know Peridot can sniff that out because she saw, hey, wait, this is your hole because it has all the things wrong with you. Well, Amethyst hole was pretty, you know, run of the mill. It's just a little bit smaller than it should. Well, it was been. small. It was and it was poorly placed. And Peridot can somehow tell how long it's been since somebody's come out of there. Well, she's a certified kindergartner. Yes, she is. And apparently, Homeworld does not throw those certificates around lightly. Well, yeah. Well, apparently, because Homeworld, I think, like what we can assume is that Homeworld might have all the resources of the galaxy, but they don't have the resources to make more and better kindergartens. That's just a bunch of know-how. Yeah, I think, like, the good stuff that Earth had was something that was unique to Earth. So mm. we don't know what- I don't think so. Well, then why is it that Paradots- Why does it that Homeworld doesn't have the material to make Paradots the way they used to? Well, remember, that's a lie. Paradot has the powers that she supposedly doesn't have because of the resource shortage. I think it's just the diamonds are being tyrants. I don't think so. I think it's, um- that their powers are still there. They're just either weaker or not as enhanced. Like, Amethyst can still do the spin attack. Amethyst can still do a lot of the stuff that Jasper does, just not nearly to the scale. Hmm. I guess we'll find out later, because I am really curious about the research resource shortage on Homeworld. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still torn about if it's real or if it's not, but I, I mean, it's very suspicious that Peridot has powers that theoretically she should not have. Yeah, and I was like, what I think is kind of interesting, something that Bismuth said, how Pearl had said, like, Homeworld has this way outnumbered and technology that we have, like, no access to. And Bismuth's like, oh, what's new? Like, and how that kind of opens your eyes, how the Rebellion was always the underdog. The Rebellion was always, yeah. like, struggling for the resources they needed to win. And so I, w I just, I wonder how big the original Crystal Gems was. Judging <sighs> by the size of that battlefield, pretty big. Hmm. All the gems that were shattered to make that cluster, that's a lot of gems. That is true. A lot of them could be homeworld, though. Yeah, and so you need a lot of crystal gems to be able to shatter those guys. Because the homeworld is not averse to fusing, so you can't just say, oh, the crystal gems would fuse and it would just cut a bloody swathe through the homeworld forces. No, the homeworld, we, we know that there was a enormous homeworld soldier in Pearl's flashback in R Rose's... Or not Rose Scabbard, Sworn, Sworn to, the, to sword. the Sword. I mean, I, I I remember sizing it out based on the size of the axe, and it was probably Sugalite size, so it's at least two quartzes put together. Yeah, like, I, that could probably be two... May, yeah, two quartzes. Maybe not two Jaspers, because Jasper seems to be a very formidable quartz. Like, Jasper, even for a quartz, is, like, insanely strong. But it was probably two or three Amethysts or Jaspers or something. But... Uh, something I have to mention, I wrote this down specifically so I would not forget, because I and a lot of other people saw this when Stephen, when Amethyst is like, oh, she used the same joke twice, and Stephen's like, oh, don't worry, it'll be really oh. funny the third time. It's like, oh, Stephen, how very wrong you were. Oh my god, yeah, that really, like, 
That was a really sinister use of the bismuth pun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I remember, like, kind of realizing that was the third time she said the joke, and it was very much not funny. Like, I like that. I like that whole story element to it. And you, mm, there's a lot of things I liked about this episode. I liked how the title was yeah. not the hand. It was, like, the, like, I think it was Jailbreak is the only one that didn't have... No, because then you have the barn. Yeah, 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 the barn episodes. But, like, yeah, the, the first of all, the title was... Well, this wasn't even a still thing. This was a bit from the episode with the wind going through Bismuth's hair. Yeah, that was... And um, how, like, the little transition between, like, commercial and show. Oh, that was cute. The little chibi gems going onto the, the warp pad. Yep. And, and Steven funny. striking a pose. And, like, that's probably one of the biggest things for me that makes me think that Bismuth is going to come back. Like, how they had that. They had that little transition sequence, so Bismuth is, like, considered part of the little crystal gems, just like the same- Like, they're all standing on the warp pad, and so that kind of, like, you know, the the title theme has Steven on the warp pad for both of the intros. So I think the newest intro is probably going to have maybe Peridot and Lapis in the background, and Bismuth in the main crew, and all that sort of thing. We can only hope, but uh, I, I love the f- obvious foreshadowing that the Lonely Blade movie had, but I was a little disappointed with Pearl because, you know, she just said, oh, it's entertainment. It doesn't have to make sense. You, you'd think that Pearl, the scholarly type, I guess she doesn't watch very much human stuff because I would have expected her to say something like, oh, yeah, in human culture, there's a connotation of great power with you, you know, there's always a terrible consequence for great power. Uh, Pearl, like, she is the kind to be very analytical, but not of human stuff. Like, she's always not cared. Yeah, Amethyst would understand the ref- or Amethyst would understand the connotation, but she's probably not a deep enough thinker to really see it. Like, she's not the kind to, like, break it apart and then explain it to other people. So maybe Opal would have been able to explain it to Bismuth, but- I guess I have to settle for doing it on my podcast. Yeah, and I think, like, Amethyst would have understood that trope and, like, not been surprised on that turn of events. Like, she wouldn't have been, like, questioning it, because she's like, of course he's not going to use the sword. Like, that's just, you know, like what you do. Well, the scary thing is, he used it and was corrupted by its power. Yeah, and so... Hmm. Mm. Steven did better than Lonely Blade. I loved how the beginning, like, I don't know if this was intentional, but the promo... I was expecting the beginning to lead directly into Steven pulling Bismuth out of the lion, the way that the episode was initially, like, let out. But, um, it wasn't. They they had a little bit of a build-up to why Steven was <laughs> pulling Bismuth out of lion's mane, which was a hilarious little bit. How else am I going to remember the time I rode the Thunderbird, he said as he <laughs> set the shirt down next to his button and his photo. <laughs> or he could ride the Thunderbird one more time. And just, to, like, the, he lives, like, 20 feet away from Funland, so. Yeah. But, um, I I was personally very touched by how the Gems played video games with Steven, and I loved how Pearl was really into it, and <laughs> I just liked how they all supported him, and, like, their whole sparring. Oh, yeah, that, that was a little intense for Steven, but it's not like... Again, we, we saw from Steven versus Amethyst, it's not like it would have hurt him too bad. He just can't give as much as he can get yet. Yeah, and I mean, like, Steven's just a kid, and I think the gems have kind of grown to accommodate that, and how they've learned to, okay, we're not going to spar like gems, we're going to hang around with Steven like his family, and I appreciate that kind of, like, 
evolution into what the crystal gems have become. Like, they've become something less of just the gem warriors chilling on Earth to, like, Steven's family. And I really like mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, we, we could we could probably talk a whole bunch about the Steven versus Bismuth fight, but I think we've talked about the most important part, the way it ended. I guess we have to save something for when we talk about Bismuth on its own, which is going to be quite a ways down the future, but it's going to be worth it when we get there. Hopefully, hopefully we'll know whether we'll have more Bismuth or not by the time we're finally talking about this in retrospect. Mm-hmm. What was after Bismuth? Was that the last episode? Yeah, that was the last episode of the week. Um, Beta did air in Canada, but for everybody else, it will air um, what will be today. It will be Monday when this episode goes out, and it will air along with Earthlings in the United States, so it'll be a two-parter, and that should be pretty cool. Well, then there's Back to the Moon Part 3, so I think it's like a three-parter, but then the Crewniverse said there wouldn't be a three-parter? No, back to, yeah, Back to the Moon will happen on will happen on Tuesday, and then if you've seen the preview for Bubbled that Cartoon Network put up, you Don't tell know me. that... Oh. Well, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what happens, I'm just going to say that that itself follows directly off of the events in Back to the Moon, so it's just we just keep pushing through a plot. Just like when Lapis and Peridot were being introduced to each other, it's just like that. Yeah, and I, and I am appreciating how they do have the little... They've now started mixing slice of life with plot. Like how they had Amethyst chilling on the beach with Steven and Connie, and how they had Connie hiking through the forest. Like these little <laughs> slice of life where you do really get a feel like what the gems are like and how they interact with people, but you also get, you know, the whole Jasper arc. Jasper and Amethyst and Steven and Stevani and Jasper going at it with all their weapons blazing. Yeah, could this be, could this like whole Summer of Steven really be considered like a Jasper arc? Because I feel like- No, I mean, Jasper wasn't even, nobody was even thinking Jasper for the first two weeks. What were the first two weeks? I completely forget. Well, the first two weeks had such wonderful things as Too Short to Ride and uh, Kiki's Pizza Delivery Service, Beach City Drift, The New Lars- Restaurant Wars. I mean, come on. These were all just pure Beach City episodes, and I love them for that. Yeah, I'm, think- I'm thinking more like the third week is starting to look like a Jasper yeah. arc. This 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 starts the Jasper. This started the Jasper arc. We started with Gem Hunt. We kind of ignored Jasper and Bismuth, but, well, we'll see what happens next week. If you've seen the previews that Cartoon Network has put out, you'll know. Yeah, and I mean, like, the Crystal Gems are too few to throw away Bismuth, like this huge, potentially very strong warrior. There's like five of them. What are they going to do if Homeworld sends armies to them again? Like, they need everyone they can get. And it's like Bismuth, they'd just be like, no shattering, no shattering. And then... I think Bismuth believes Steven. I mean, you almost get the sense that even during the fight, she's not sure. But at the end, she does. She does believe him. I don't know. But that kind of makes me wonder, are any of the bubbles in the... Just the basement. The basement. Are any of the bubbles in there actual sentient gems from the war that they never bothered to release? Maybe, but it depends. We don't know for sure how old the temple is. We just know that the stone form outside of it uh, can't have been made until after after the war when they got Amethyst. Well, yeah, but it also... um... They could have just moved the bubbles from wherever they were yeah. coming out before that. Like I said, we, we just we just don't know. I do find it interesting, though, in Bismuth, how they're never like, huh, you know, that's where you said all of Rose's stuff was. I wonder what Bismuth was doing in with all of Rose's stuff when she said that she lost track of her. Hmm. 
Yeah. That that is kind of a plot hole. I mean, just you know, my mind, my mind is the internet, and yeah. I do know every continuity mistake ever made on television. So yeah, I thought that too. Um, how? But I think like it can be explained by the fact that Amethyst did actually question it. Amethyst was like, "We did. I never heard about this bismuth, and now she's yeah. popping up. Like, and what? Pearl and Garnet were just too happy to see her to think rationally. Yeah, and so I think like yeah, Pearl and Garnet can be excused because they were just so happy to see like an old face after so long. 5,300 years. Yeah, and how Amethyst was kind of questioning it, but Amethyst really isn't the questioning type. And mm -hmm. how, like, she got the new spike balls at the end of her whip, and she's like, you know what? I don't care anymore. And, mm, okay, <laughs> Bismuth has done all she needs to do to impress me. Yeah, and I think they were also relieved to see a new gem that wasn't trying to kill them. <laughs> yeah. I like Steven's little thing with Bismuth. Yeah, usually I have to try Usually I have to try to kill you for a while before they make friends with me. Yeah, Steven. Well, Bismuth has now tried to kill Steven, so now we can get back to the friendship. <laughs> Diamonds confirmed to becoming crystal gems. Mm. He's got to befriend them. It's just foreshadowing. I guess we should wrap it up. It's going to be a big week next week. It's going to be the end of the summer adventure or the Steven nuke or whatever you want to call it and then we'll be right back into weekly episodes thursday and friday will actually be the start of season four or for all of you who are wondering when the richingtons are going to move in next door the start of what was at the time season three so that's very very exciting time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so until then i'm gc13 and i'm sophia all right leave us a review on itunes gotta be the shill <laughs> Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.